So every milestone was a technology innovation that was aimed at making sure that everything was done faster, cheaper, better, and more towards what the client needed. My name is Meryl Dubrow, CEO of Mark Research. I'm a 35-year veteran of the research and insights community and the host of our podcast, On The Mark. On The Mark is focusing on executives and thought leaders in the world, sharing their insights, strategies, and personal experiences. I promise this podcast will be filled with tough, pointed questions with real, insightful, and emotional answers. Today's guest is Kim Harrison, the CEO of Focus Forward. Kim, welcome to the On The Mark podcast. Thank you, Meryl. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. As you know, it's unrehearsed, it's unscripted, so let's just get into it for a little bit. We'll start with the listeners understanding some of your background and your career, Kim. So why don't you take us far back uh, after you graduated from college and, and up to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Well, I've definitely taken the windy road. After graduating college, I spent a year in law school, finished that out, and uh, then decided that uh, I much preferred numbers and headed off to get my MBA, which then took me to Wall Street, where I traded derivatives for three years. After the turn in the market, it just seemed like I wanted to change. One of my friends was in marketing research and introduced me to how exciting this industry could be. And I just started out like most of you. I started out as a recruiter. I interviewed people, you know, placed them in focus groups. And uh, the company kind of grew from there. We started realizing that clients needed more than just focus group recruiting, transcriptions, incentives. And then we built the company over the past 17 years into what it is today. That's great. So you, so you, you've, you founded the company, you're CEO of the company, um, and had it for 17 years. That's impressive. Yes. What's, um, talk a little bit about some of the milestones as you've gone through over those 17 years. Creating different, constantly changing and creating different services in response to what clients need now. So really listening to our clients is what I would say created the different milestones you know, we went from recruiting everyone from a really large phone center to using technology support to help people be pre-screened to, in the beginning, you know, dropping off tapes at transcribers' actual houses and then picking them up a couple days later so that we could ship them back to our client to, you know, receiving wave files and other types of electronic files, which allowed the turnaround to be much faster. So every milestone was a technology innovation that was aimed at making sure that everything was done faster, cheaper, better, and more towards what the client needed. Great. So so talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously everything is about faster, better, cheaper. So obviously 17 years, that's a lot of staying power. So how do you do that? Can you talk a little bit about some of the technology that you put into play to better service your clients and grow your business? Our business is basically split into two almost distinctly different businesses, which is qualitative recruiting for focus groups and transcription. Most of the technology has been, you know, it's a blend of software programs that are out there that are super helpful and ones that we've created ourselves. In transcription specifically, we created a platform called TOPS that was in development over a few years to replace our, our older platform that allowed us to take in 
audio, split the audio, hand it out to transcribers, have it seamlessly put together as one file, proofed, and out to our clients lightning fast. I mean, that when I first started, a good turnaround for a transcript was about seven days. We now turn them around in 24 hours if needed. 48 hours is our standard, and we actually can do it and are doing it much faster than that. And that's because of the technology that we have in place. You know, we built it so that it could be absolutely perfect transcripts done by human transcribers in the fastest possible time at a cost-effective price point. In our qualitative, we do full screening or pre-screening. I mean, when I first started, there were facilities would actually send me the screeners through courier, a packet of them numbered one through 100, and you had to send them back. I mean, now we have literally every single answer of every person that attempts to be in the project. We are able to spend more time selecting the best possible person to be in the focus group because we, we get all the demographic and basic screening out of the way and then are really able to dive into the questions that matter. Interesting, for sure. Let me ask you this. I mean, I'm sure like my business, your business over the past three or four months has changed with the pandemic, still dealing with COVID-19. Who knows if there'll be another wave of this. Hopefully it will, it will not happen and we'll have the vaccine and, and we'll get back to a little bit of normal behavior by our staff and our clients and everybody else. But talk a little bit about, you know, back in March when this hit. I mean, you're in Philadelphia, Kim, where you were one of the first states to be shut down. It was probably California, maybe New York, and then Pennsylvania, right? I mean, how did you react? What were the changes that you put in really, really quickly? Because a lot of that stuff was pretty scary and you had to deal with it really quickly. And I know that, you know, even today, Pennsylvania is still one of the states that is, is still has pretty significant restrictions. Yeah, we have very significant restrictions that are still happening today. The first thing, we actually closed our office before the state of Pennsylvania required us to. We were um, like you and uh, at Quirks and in Brooklyn and seeing what was happening at Quirks with the brands having their speakers not attend or attend via tele, teleprompter or other type of you know, technology. You know, we saw what was coming down the line. Having talking to the other professionals that were there, I mean, you know, got our head around very quickly what was about to happen. So immediately... Dave and I started preparing the company, although we were partially work from home, we were moving towards allowing people to work from home more often because that's something that our staff really wants and something that we thought was completely possible. We had to push the fast forward button on that in about six days and make sure that our all of our technology could handle our you know 40 person staff working from it seven days a week, because we operate transcripts seven days a week, round the clock. So we came back from Quirks on a Tuesday night, and we closed our office on Monday. And then the state of Pennsylvania closed that following Thursday. So it all happened very, very fast. And I'm super proud of our technology department and our partners, you know, that we outsource our tech to, to make sure that we were ready for that. I mean, everybody dedicated everything that they had. 
so that there was no interruption in service to our clients. And we are still working from home today and we don't anticipate going back in our office until Pennsylvania goes green. And even then it's going to be with a small staff. It could be after Labor Day until a bulk of us are back and maybe not even this year. Yeah, I agree. The same The same is, is true with us in uh in Dallas and in Greensboro and, and a number of the other folks that we have in our enterprise, we're taking a very conservative approach. I mean, we could go back now. There'll be a few of us in an office, in the office once in a while. Um, I think the most is two people and we have 9,000 square feet in, in Texas. So we're taking a yeah. very, very conservative approach. Hey, Kim, I mean, obviously, look, you've had a really long career, very, very prestigious. You've accomplished a tremendous amount. But look, this pandemic was something that none of us have ever gone through, right? I mean, yeah, we had the crash in 2008 and a bunch of us obviously lived through 2001, 9-11 and owned businesses and were executives. But, you know, the pandemic is different. How do you think you've changed as a leader through this experience? I feel like now more than ever, because we can't be physically present in the office with our team members and our friends, there is a real focus on open and honest communication and being visible and present even when you can't be physically there. The lunches, the dinners, the other things that we did together, they're they're all missing from our lives. We had to really create new ways that we would interact. You know, my leadership style was to start setting up those things immediately, even if they felt a little different to everybody. Um, A whole company, Zoom, uh, you know, every Monday at noon, where we all get together and we talk about the business and the choices that we made, positive or negative. You know, we end it with somebody has to say, you know, something good that happened that week. They have to share a story about themselves. And if they're not volunteering, I call on them. You know, we've added other fun elements to to it to make sure that we feel connected and we're still doing things together beyond just work. So I think the focus on communication, super important internally, as well as externally with our clients. Um, There's also been a lot of innovation thoughts as well in how we continue to do our business because it has to be done a little bit differently. So we've been you know, working with our software and our tools and the other platforms that are out there. And also, you know, just like everyone, I'm sure everyone used Zoom a little bit before we're using it a lot now and other ways that we can make sure that the people still feel like a team. Because I think the team is, it, it's the most important part of the company. Yeah. No, I, I think there's some really good takeaways there for a lot of the listeners. You know, I noticed for me, it, it's interesting because we're, I don't know if we're on week 13, week 14 of the lockdown or working out of the house, which I've done it in the past. I don't like it as much as I did back then. But look, everybody has ups and downs. For some reason, I every two, you know Tuesday for three weeks in a row, it was just a crappy day for me. And I felt down and I, I missed a lot of the stuff that I was doing. And it, it, just, it just was something that was challenging for me. And, and look, I, you're a leader and, and obviously still in Philadelphia, you're not allowed to do a lot of things you'd like to do, see the people you'd like to see when you want to see them, how you want to see them. 
How have you managed the ups and downs of, of, of running a business? Because that is emotional. I mean, it's definitely super emotional. I mean, I think first, I mean, you have to take care of your team. You have to think about the the feelings of the people and how much effort and time they're putting in being so disconnected from from their clients, from their their partners in the office. I think all of that's super important. And then you also have to take care of yourself. You have to find something every single day. And I encourage everyone in my office to do this as well. That makes them feel good about being themselves, whether it's walking your dog, running five miles, some meditation, listening to music, sitting outside in the sun for 20 minutes. You have to, to find something that makes you unbelievably happy and do that. And that's part of you know what our sharing is on our Monday meetings as well, to get out there and share that thing that makes you happy. And so... You know, it's really important to talk to your team members as much as much as possible. You know, where we had group meetings where we were all sitting there face to face and then conversations spurred organically. You know, now it has to be thoughtful. You might have to set some time so that they have time in their schedule. Um, that connection with people and that focus on empathy is more important now than it's ever been to run a successful business through a time like this. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. You know, it's interesting because my day has changed a lot. So usually I used to get to the office around 6.15. My day now starts around 5 a.m. We also do a business update every every Monday. I do mine at 10.30. I'm also heavily involved with accounts receivable, much more than I ever had been because, you know, I was really nervous about would money dry up and, and what was that going to look like and make sure we had the right cash flow. Can you give us give us give the listeners a few things? How has your day changed, Kim, from you know back in February, March to what it is today? Some of the things that you do a little bit different. Well, I mean, like you, most of my life was spent, um, you know, on an airplane, traveling to a different city, being physically present in front of our clients, talking to them about how we could work together to support their business and make them more successful. And now I get up in the morning and I'm in my home office. So it's been totally about keeping that macro focus that I've always had, that industry-wide focus and doing it from my home office. So I've replaced trips to someone's cities to, Friday night calls over a glass of wine and an hour and a half of just catching up. I'm, you know, on the IA town halls as much as possible, you know, and we're transcribing them. I'm in as many groups about the industry as possible about COVID and also, you know, what's happening everywhere. So where I was going to my clients, now I have to um, think about where I can be to get that information that the industry is so thoughtfully working to put out through the Insights Association and through Quirks and through everywhere to get us what we the tools that we need to navigate our businesses through this. And then also have those conversations that, that continue the relationships with people that I care about in the industry over 10, 15 years, um, even if they're now just on the phone or, or sometimes on Zoom. 
That's fun. So finish this sentence. Tomorrow, you're going to have an unbelievable, great business day. Fill in the blanks. What does that look like? So when, you, when you're at the end of the day and you, you have a cocktail or you look back and you say, wow, that was a great day. What's a great day to you these days? Well, a great day to me. I mean, obviously, revenues are high, which means and and proposals are high. It means that we've not only conceived solutions for clients, but they're actually putting into action now. And that's a very satisfying feeling for me and for our team. Another great thing that would happen is just when we're really proud of the work that we've done. So we get client feedback reports and I get messages. And when somebody tells me that someone on my team has really made a difference in their life or for their company, I mean, that would be part of that great day too. Like we're out there to be as helpful as possible to our clients and to brands. And when we can do that in every instance, especially now, it's, it's a very satisfying feeling and it's really why we're all here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. In terms of, you know, the pandemic has done a lot of things. I think it's made us really, as leaders, look at our businesses and every expense item and really scrutinize it. And I'm sure you're like me. You're like, are you freaking kidding me? Why did I spend blank over the years and waste money, right? And I think in some ways, it's going to make us a little bit more profitable, a little bit more efficient. Do you do you agree with that? Is that the same how you look at it? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we did when, when the pandemic started and we realized, you know, kind of that this wasn't going away in two weeks, um, you know, is, is that I challenged my management team and myself to protect the firm at the highest level with the goal of looking at every single cost. Should we be having this cost? Um, where does it go? Is it impactful to us? Is it impactful to our client? I mean, do we really need it? And going through item by item, the to slim the business down to the most effective and impactful version of it um, from a from a PL standpoint. You know, we want and always want to keep the team together and to keep their their roles as robust as possible. And just like you, sometimes you realize that there's X number of phone lines that are available and you simply don't need those anymore. Someone forgot to um, shut down one of the Amazon servers and that's been billing at a certain level for X number of months. So going through the whole company like that um, with my management team, you know, it, it brought about change, it brought about savings and it brought about us, you know, taking a look at the solutions we had. Do we need them? And do we want them going forward? And, and in some places we added costs to get some tools that would be more supportive of our people doing their jobs. Sometimes when business is really busy and you're getting projects in and pushing projects out, you don't have time to take a look at the entity, you know, when you, um, when everybody's hands are working in the business. So it was a nice break for the management team to work on the business as well. And do you think that'll continue moving forward? Let's, let's assume that the, the pandemic is behind us in a few months. Okay. Whatever that means. We have a vaccine and, and I can see it. And, and this is behind, this is behind us. Do you think you're going to continue to work on the business as opposed to in it? Because there's a huge distinction 
between those two things? I, I think to the to the fullest extent possible, yes. In Q4, it feels like everybody's in the business. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a nice reminder. And we had this reminder in 2009 and in different times over the course of the 17 years. And every once in a while, you you pull back and you really take a look at where money's being spent and are those dollars being spent wisely. And, um, you know, I'd like to say that that's going to happen on a continual basis now and forever. But I'm sure that there will be times that we get super busy and it's not looked at as carefully as it should. And then we'll come back, you know, to center again and take another look at it. Uh, But we did develop some tools that'll make it easier for us to notice if costs are kind of out of line that we didn't have prior to the pandemic. Not all, some of the things that came out of the pandemic are definitely positive changes. Yeah, no, I I actually totally agree with you. Uh, I won't say this is good for business today. Could it be good for business in down the road, yeah, I, I think in some ways it will be, but it's been it, it's a painful experience. In closing, Kim, what um, what do you want to say to? We get a lot of listeners who are C level, who are you know clearly not having the greatest of years, struggling a little bit. What do you want to say in closing to them? If you figure out what your company really does best and how it fits well within the post or current pandemic situation, there are going to be services under your umbrella that are still really in demand. And you should be pushing into those instead of worrying about why you don't have as much in X service line, because it may just not be in demand now and figure out how you really push into those services under your umbrella that clients organically need and get the word out that you have them and put internal resources behind them to make them as robust as you can, because that's the future. I totally agree. Kim, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thanks again for listening to Kim Harrison, the founder of Focus Forward. This is the On The Mark podcast. My name is Meryl Dubrow, and you have a great day. 